Welcome to the On-Premise IT Roundtable Podcast, the only show that dares to be both on topic and on location. However, in this global pandemic, we're not on location, we're virtual. Each time we meet, we bring together IT luminaries to discuss a single topic. In this episode, we're discussing NVMe over Fabric. Does vSphere 7 mean that it's ready for prime time? First, let's meet our panelists. Hi, my name is Christopher Cusack. I'm CXI on Twitter, and I blog at thepragmatictech.com. I am Greg Stewart. I blog at vdestination.com, and you can find me on Twitter at vdestination. Hi, my name is Jason Massey with VMware, and you can find me on Twitter at, at jbmassey. Hi, my name is Cody Hosterman, and I'm the director for VMware Solutions at Pure Storage. Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Cody Hosterman. And my name is Stephen Foskett. I'm from gestaltit.com, and you can find me at, on Twitter at sfoskett. So let's dive right into it, folks. Uh, those of us who have been following uh, storage and server architecture for a long time are pretty excited over uh, about NVMe, and we're pretty excited about uh, various things over Fabrics. But uh, for now, it's been a challenge to actually bring NVMe over Fabrics into the enterprise data center. Uh, the question here is, does the release of vSphere 7 mean that this technology is finally ready for prime time? Now, to start off the conversation, I'm actually going to go to Co Cody Hosterman from Pure Storage because I think that you know, you've got a position on this topic and I'd love to hear what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Stephen. So I, this has been, uh, I, I like to use the term from the show, The Bachelor, a journey, right? Um, and it has been a journey. It's been a journey for the industry. It's been a journey for Pure. It's been a journey for VMware. And, you know, uh, real quickly, like many years ago, uh, ESX was potentially seen as a performance bottleneck, but it wasn't really ESX. It was the SCSI layer, right? It was how locking was done on data stores and so forth. And VMware introduced something called VAI, right? It's like, hey, storage arrays, we know you can do certain things better. We can do better concurrency around locking. And, and that opened it up and it pushed the bottleneck down to the storage. And then all flash arrays came in, like uh, the pure storage flash array that could offer a lot of concurrency, a lot of performance. That could really use that extended scale that VAI introduced. And so it threw the bottleneck back up. And where was that bottleneck? Well, it was, it was SCSI. Because right, just like the, the flash, array, flash array was designed for flash, SCSI was designed for spinning disk. And what's the solution there? That was NVMe. And so we worked on the back end of our array, adding NVMe for our NVRAM, and then back end flash modules were NVMe PCIe connected, and then our, our expansion shells were NVMe fabric. And then we slapped it in the front end to NVMe fabric on the front end so hosts could actually use it. And in that past year or so, as we've supported it, it's been seen as somewhat niche because it was limited to bare metal Linux, which there's certainly a lot of that out there, but not nearly as much as ESX and the VMware environment in general. And so the introduction of support for this feature uh, inside of ESX 7 is going to blow that open. So Jason, let's hear from you uh, as a uh, somebody who's very interested in storage at VMware. Um, you know, what do you think about the inclusion? Uh, do you think that this thing is uh, is ready to go? Well, so like Cody said, this is the the all flash functionality. People have been asking, you know, why why can't we get the performance of all flash all the way through this stack? And so that's really where this came from, right? We've got all these NVMe devices that can do these incredible concurrent tasks but trying to bottleneck or shoehorn that through SCSI just doesn't work. You just end up with this pileup behind the layer. 
So that's the whole premise, right? Is to get that, remove that bottleneck and be able to use the functionality of NVMe with these all flash arrays. And yeah, that's, so the idea, yes, being able to now use that functionality with supported partners, you really can get some additional performance because now we're removing that bottleneck. Greg or Christopher, you guys want to chime in? Do you think uh, from an end user perspective, do you think this thing is ready to get ready to go? Um, from an end user perspective, uh, for my customers, I don't think this is prime time uh, production ready. I don't think we're there yet. Um, just because, you know, with the latest release of vSphere 7, you know, I don't know a single customer that would put vSphere 7 into production at this point in time. Uh, most of them are still on 6.7 U3 or just have upgraded to 6.7 U3. So <clears throat> great feature, love it. And uh, I think customers would absolutely love this. Uh, but from a production level readiness, I don't think for most of my customers anyways, this is production ready. I'm, I'm of a slightly different ilk on it and being hopeful for the future as people start adopting, you know, vSphere 7 and, and beyond. And it's nice that this functionality lives here within the product and has been integrated, especially knowing that Pure has been working on this for some time. And the fact that the VMware development got behind it as well to kind of tie the pieces together, that was a really nice piece of it. One, I'd say this brings up challenges and the wars of the past of converged Ethernet versus fiber channel, because there's the, I see, I see Cody smiling on that, the, the rocky functionality required to use the pure storage part of NVMe over fabric is gonna kind of bring up some of those people like, oh, I'm not gonna do converged Ethernet. Instead, I'm gonna, I wanna do traditional fiber channel and it's not something that can't be done it's just not something that's supported from the pure side and I, I don't remember all the 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 niche elements of it of how well supported that is on the VMware side but I definitely I like where the future is going and I see some great you know prospect here and getting more performance out of these things but I definitely see a little little bit of these wars that's going to probably pop up here in a very short term. Yeah, Christopher, I uh, I think I agree with you there, and I'm I'm I don't want to be all doomsday or anything, but uh, there is definitely hope with this. I think it's a fantastic uh, move in the right direction. But like I think we were talking about earlier with V-balls, you know, five years ago was V-balls ready to roll out, and it was an exciting feature. And I think um, you know, in less than five years, I think this is going to be also exciting and totally in production. But um, I think for uh, you know, from a production level right now, I think we're still a little bit of a ways off. Yeah, I think when you think about, you know, when you talk about the protocol, that's almost a religious fight. That's when you get, you know, oh, I'm only going to use FC or I, yeah, I'm fine with converged. And, you know, there's other implementations that are being worked right now. Of course, the initial that was released was RDMA over converged. So Rocky V2 and then FC, those being probably the two most popular, right? And then we have TCP and iWarp and stuff like that. That part of it, I think, is more of the religious, what am I going to use to connect? The other piece is, you know, Greg, you were talking about, yeah, this is a first release. This also could be, is this where customers are going to, I want to see what it's like. I want to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to, I'm not going to be that first adopter. But then you've got others that are dying for that performance that need it now and are willing to be those first adopters. So, yeah, let me you know, ask you've you, got two pieces uh, there. 
Well, I, I want to look at it from religion aside. It may be the case of, hey, I want to use the existing investment I have to try to leverage this. And they may not necessarily be able to do that depending upon the investments that they made, you know, five minutes beforehand. So just making sure that it, it, it's certainly, it's future proof ready, especially as people are buying new Mellanox or whatever adapters and interfaces for it, but making sure that these people don't make the, I, I've seen that like, oh, I've got a, this is an iSCSI neck. Oh no, it's gotta be converged ethernet neck. Oh no. And it, it becomes a it, it, it becomes a skew problem that's less of a problem when things are being ordered, you know, uh, from a delivery standpoint, but can be those deep in the weeds engineer guys who are buying what they're used to buying and then they may run into problems and those become the naysayers of no, you don't want to use that at all because it doesn't work because they use the wrong devices or interfaces effectively. So let me ask um, Cody if you can uh, talk a little bit for a moment about the com compelling benefits like why why is it that this is going to be such a, a compelling feature that people are going to want to uh, adopt it more aggressively? Yeah, I, I think there's there's a couple pieces around this. Um, I, I, one is is the one we're talking about a lot here is around performance, and this is where we got the adopters around bare metal Linux using it. You know, a year and a half ago when we when we introduced it, it's like, hey, we have these workloads, right? Um, that need is the lowest possible latency for very high throughput, work, highest throughput workloads we can find, right? Uh, and this is very common. And we saw this with a lot with our initial product, our, our object and file offering Flashblade too, very similar use case where we need the low latency of internal NVMe storage, but we need the data features. Right, so let's say you have a, a 15 terabyte data set uh, sitting on internal storage, and then you run your workload on it for a week or two, and then, all right, we're done with that. I have a new team of scientists that need to load up that data set or whatever it happens to be. Um, I need to get, I want to use this expensive equipment I might have from all these big servers and stuff like that, but change that data set immediately. And so array-based cloning and snapshots and stuff are just multiple volumes. You can change that data set very, very quickly Right, and still be able to get the performance and the low latency that comes along with what NVMe or Fabric uh, provides. Is it going to be exactly the same as an internal NVMe uh, module or something like that? No, there's there's a speed of light, right? I mean, it's a couple feet further, right? But it's going to be really close with those with those um, data services. And I think the other part of this, and this is what I think is particularly interesting around the VMware world, and, and VMware talked about this at, at VMworld last year, is updating virtual volumes, which is today a SCSI thing for NVMware fabrics, because I think one of the benefits there is, is performance, but also in the NVMe command set, there's a lot of management operations um, that VVOLS currently does out of band that can be done in band. And I think there's some advantages around performance, around concurrency, around just uh, even additional potential reliability, right? Even too, of being able to have two ways of issuing certain operations. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And that's been an exciting project that we're working with VMware on too. Well, and I want to touch on, uh, because Greg brought up before, as far as whether his customers would use this or leverage this inside their platform and environments is, if you've got customers today that are SAP HANA shops, MongoDB, Maria SQL, any of these high performance database type things that they're already making these investments in all fresh flash technology and all these other 
other you know implementations and this can give them that extra boost and bonus and speed that's going to make things more performant and allow them to you know get to their bottom line a lot better and reduce costs or whatever the case may be do you see that as something beneficial albeit not hey let's adopt feature seven that just came out and hey let's adopt this new feature but from a business standpoint that this can really you know set the stage for future upgrades and developments yeah, absolutely. I think um, for, like you said, for high performance workshops, this is, is definitely an easy sell. Um, for most of the rest, I think this is more of a, hey, let's drop this in dev test. Uh, let's put it in a sandbox, kick the tires um, and see what this actually can do for us. So from that perspective, yeah, if you're definitely, if you're a high performance workshop, you're going to want to put this in play. And Greg, I, I agree with you there. And, and I think, I think an important part of this too, is that because VMware's now adopted this and has a lot of plans around enhancing it, or, you know, VVOLs, et cetera, et cetera, I think customers that are, especially that are looking to build out greenfield environments and they're trying to choose, how do, how do I set this up? What do I need to build into it to, to be you know, future-proofed? I think now that that adoption is there from VMware, they're gonna say, no, this is a part of my environment that I should be looking at and making sure I support as I move forward. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the customers that are doing it on bare metal that have been wanting to virtualize that workload, now it's, it's there and it's ready for them, right? And so they can start doing, you always wanna test things before you put it into production, but they can take that step now. I think the other customers now it's like, all right, this is a thing that's happening. It's not a flash in the pan. Um, I need to plan for this and I need to build my environment to support it when I am ready to move to vSphere 7 or NVMe or Fabric or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I agree, Cody, on that. And Greg, same thing. It's, I think it's going to be a, it depends, right? That comes into that. What's the workload I need? They do see the direction VMware is going, right? We're going NVMe, we're going vVols, we're going vSAN, all that functionality. So when you start seeing that direction, you can plan accordingly. And I think, you know, there's that, there's two sides. There's the, I need the performance, like Cody said, I need low latency as low as possible and I need some massive throughput. So I'm, I need to move now. And then there's the customers that are, oh, you know, now that I see this, this is definitely something that's gonna be on my roadmap. I, we know that we're gonna go to this, we know we're buying a flash array and, a year, six months, two, a year and a half, whatever. So we need to think, okay, what's the best way to get the performance of that flash array? And this is definitely that way, that opportunity. So uh, on that note, um, you know, you've, uh, you've mentioned performance quite a few times and obviously I think that it is irrefutable that this would be a high performance solution. I mean, it's a way to, uh, you know, reduce the protocol overhead. Um, I just want to ask, you know, Christopher and Greg, as end user, uh, you know, our, uh, avatars for the end user, um, is performance a problem and is performance a compelling advantage here? I mean, is that something that's going to cause people to want to switch to a uh, different connectivity type? Well, performance is always, uh, no, sorry, performance is never a problem until it's a problem <laughs> and then it's a huge problem that's that's kind of the way bottlenecks work you know that's why we've got bubblers all over the place and little water fountains you know i want a lot of water but in a very small amount of time but the reality is uh if yesterday you know or or uh, several years ago we didn't have the this ability we had we didn't even have uh, NVMe. We had, you know, hey, this is the way we're doing things like cody was talking about we were doing things using a traditional scuzzy architecture why it's because what we had, 
right? We're working with what we had available to us. And I know the, from a pure standpoint, the story's always been, we are engineered and architected from the ground up. And this just seems like an extra layering on top of that, of engineering and architected from the ground up, layering this piece into it to provide more and more of those performance and performance workloads. And the same thing from a VMware standpoint, it's we're gonna work with whatever happens to be available and that's gonna be existing inside the ecosystem. And the fact that this has been, a, out there and it's something that is now becoming expanded into the VMware uh, portfolio, which is amazing. And it's gonna help address those, those bleeding edge customers, those people with those, those performance problems that they're having today. Because I mean, the longest story, you know, and, and uh, Jason mentioned it is, uh, and, and, and Cody as well is people, uh, the reason they run bare metal, it's not because they want to, it's oftentimes because they have to, it's because that's the only way they're going to get the juice and the performance that they want out of their particular application. But if you can get the same or sometimes better performance uh, by taking that virtual and getting so many more benefits out of that, it's a very strong and positive direction to take and does uh, everyone uh, down below be beneath that who doesn't have as much of a critical performance need is a winner because they gain all those benefits without having to having to necessarily have to have those particular requirements. So rather than everyone, you know, be dealing the 300 ball world while the rest of us have T1s, we're all on gigabit ethernet. We're all on 10 gig ethernet. We're all, you know, uh, jet setting towards the future as opposed to, you know, well, we all got to go with the lowest common denominator and that's not a winner for anybody involved. Yeah, so that's that's interesting that you bring that up, Stephen. And I think it's, uh, you know, for me being a, an avatar for the end user, I've got end users that just span the entire, you know, the entire universe. I've got some that are the higher high performing ones that are yes, that are, you know, to use the iPhone analogy, the new one comes out, yes, I want it. The next year, the new one comes out, yes, it gets me X amount of more performance. Well, can I, how many more IOPS can I push? I want that, and they're constantly buying it. And then I have on the opposite end of the spectrum, I've got users that are just trying to squeeze every ounce of performance out of every dime that they can get. So it's uh, it's hard to say, you know, it's hard to say which way it would go. But I think for for the most part, I think I have users now that are just geeking out on vSAN um, and it's you know how, how long has vSAN been around now and uh, so for for them to want to keep up with the latest NVMe over fabric um, solution of vSphere 7 it's kind of it's kind of a curve that's hard to, to stay ahead of so um, I think there are some that are going to adopt this and, and going to run with it and that's that's fantastic um, and others that are going to try and find you know, maybe it's not NVMe over over fabric. Maybe it's just, hey, we're gonna we're gonna put vSAN into play right now. We're gonna move away from the you know, the 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 SAN old and and try to and try to keep up with that. And before they go to something else, so that's kind of for for my end users, we're we're more on that end of the spectrum than than the high performing. We can upgrade every chance we can get because we have the dollars for it. Yeah, and I think I think there's there's two points I'd like to add here. Is one is that is like a, like like you brought up Stephen. It's not necessarily just about performance, but I think one of the things that comes along with these new technologies that is when, when a company like VMware, for instance, is looking at new features or enhancements. Where do we invest our engineering on? Do we do we do it for SCSI? Do we do it for NVMe Fabrics? Do, do we do it for VVols? Do we do it for VMFS? And a lot of times, the ones that have like when they look at it, is is this is this feature have a, a limitation or an opportunity? Right, and I think there's a lot more opportunity around NVMe than there is around SCSI, which is has more 
focused limitations. And so as things start rolling out, there's going to be new features, new solutions, new integrations, new supported mechanisms, right, that are going to be that route. And I think that's something to keep in mind. Now, on the other side of that, you know, uh, Pure, right, we, we understand that not every customer is going to need it right now are going to want it right now, or even want to think about it right now, which is one of the reasons that we put a lot of energy into our evergreen model, right? So if you're not leveraging an array that has NVMe fabric front end or whatever, or an older one from a couple of years ago that wasn't even internal NVMe, you can evergreen that hardware or NDU it up to the, the models that support it when you're ready, right? And so that's something we're trying to enable our customers to make that move to. So um, I guess uh, what I'm hearing is that essentially, uh, this is the future and um, you know NVMe uh, generally and NVMe and vSphere 7 and uh, you know this is the direction that the company is heading this is the direction that storage is heading and uh, you know you can never you can never have too much speed so uh, this is a uh, you know a positive move I'd say for most customers um, one of the things that has been brought up a, a lot here and I think that we really need to kind of focus in on is uh, vVols and uh, you know vVols is a, something that has been a topic um, well, for a long time. I remember when it was announced, and I remember doing a lot of seminars, uh, storage seminars, where I would explain what VVOLs are and explain that they were coming, and uh, they were coming, and they were coming, and they were coming. Um, are they finally here? Jason, I want to throw that at you. Um, is this the year of VVOLs? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is definitely, uh, we're seeing incredible adoption on VVOLs, and you know, Cody's made the comment that one of the biggest reasons that we're seeing customers change is because we lowered the V, right? Product management changed at its lower V. So that really shows that, hey, that's part of our normal product. But it's, it's not so much that. It's, right, we're, you're seeing the interoperability within just VMware products themselves, right? We added vRealize operations. We're working on VCF. We're working on you know, CNS. So seeing all that continued development specifically for VVOLs, and then also all of the partners, the partners are also working and saying, yes, the reason this is going is because of the functionality, right? People are tired of dealing with LUNs. You know, Ken coined the term LUNs suck, right? They do. Nobody wants to manage LUNs all day, especially in a high churn environment. When you're talking about, I only have to provision this storage container once, and I only have to deal with one data store that can go up to zettabytes in size, right? There's, there's reasons. And Cody and I have by far gone over so many different reasons. There's policy-based management, but aside from that, there's numerous reasons that VVOLs, I, I have so many customers, snapshots becomes one of them because they're array-based snapshots. Customers that are running out of LUNs is another reason we see people move. Just for the fact that I can't add any more LUNs, they move to VVOLs, now that, that problem literally just disappears. I had another customer bring up, their boot times were 30 minutes because they had so many LUNs attached to their hosts. They went to VVOLs and it went down to like eight minutes. So there's, there's so many different benefits. And yes, absolutely, VVOLs is, is just growing like crazy. And that is the direction that VMware is going on storage as well, because it makes more sense in the way you can automate this at scale, right? When you talk about CNS, and you're talking thousands of 
storage containers, that's not something you can really do with tag-based. I mean, there are some vendors that have some neat tools, but in general, you need to be able to manage that with policies at scale. And that's really the big difference there. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, 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 get, I get that question a lot. Um, and a lot of people don't listen to any, me anymore because they think I'm a zealot. And, and maybe I am. But in the end, in, in 2018, um, that was the year of reminding people that VVOLs exist and the value that it could bring. 2019 was the year that, all right, the storage vendors and VMware, like, kind of saw that value and said, you know what, let's really work on this and let's start building things. And I think what came out in the first quarter of 2020, um, and it was the first wave of that engineering work. And I think the what really tipped the scales, especially internally, I believe at VMware, was around the Kubernetes use case and the persistent storage provisioning. Because, I mean, you mentioned, right, all these LUNs, the, the, the time to provision, the SCSI bus rescan, this stuff doesn't exist with the NVMe operations, right? And so the dynamic provisioning and configuration and granularity of VVOLs, plus the promise of integrating that with NVMe over fabrics, like, I think that's a really compelling use case. And and, and VVOLs and, and CNS, you know, the Cloud Native Storage CSI driver, already work great today. But there's, you know, there's more work to be done around that. But I think these pieces are here now. And so it's a really exciting time, uh, at least in my opinion, around VMware and storage integration and solutions, because there's a lot of cool stuff that's ready to be put together. Uh, and so I think the, the vendors get it. Uh, uh, our customers are getting it. And VMware, <laughs> VMware gets it. And they've dug in big time. So it's, it's been a fun, fun for me to watch, too. Well, and I look at it from this perspective of sometimes people don't want to adopt something when they think it's something new. I first started writing about VVOLs in 2010. It's not new. I mean, it officially came out in the roughly 2015 timeframe, but it's definitely not a new player in the market space. So anyone who's still on the fence of like, oh, I don't know if I want to do the new thing, you're good. Now is definitely the time to start, uh, you know, you don't have to be the first up and comer. You're, you're going to be, you know, employee number one million on trying that out. And it's going to be a good path for you. So there's all there and, and every day more and more compelling use cases and benefits that happen to be coming out, just like Jason and Cody mentioned. So it's really important that people actually start leveraging and adopting now because finally we're in a good place. We're in a good state. It's time to, you know, proceed forward with the VVOL first model. So if you, I'm, I'm, I think what I'm hearing is, is, is VVOLs like a natural progression? Is it like a stepping stone to getting to NVMe over fabric? Yeah. So, you know, one of the big benefits of VVOLs is that each VVOL itself is its own entity. So that naturally fits with the NVMe and the way you can provision out NVMe devices, right? So you have a namespace that's its own entity. So VVOLs and a namespace become this perfect marriage of storage and that enable a lot of modular functionality. Yeah, and I think, I think it, the important thing to remember about VVOLs is, is VVOLs is not the end, right? It, it, is, it is the means to some business value, some overlying application delivery you're trying to do. And I, I think that's really, like when I talk about Pure's VMware priorities this year, uh, like the, the three places that we're focusing on, none of them are actually VVOLs. 
One is VMware Cloud Foundation. One is cloud native storage and CSI support around VMware and Kubernetes offering, Tanzu and all that stuff. Uh, and then also the work around MVM over fabrics. What, what underpins those and like 30 other projects that are going on right now is of course VVOL. So it's an important part of that, um, but it's not the end itself. But like you said, it is an enabling technology to get there. And it is the, the, the problems that we saw in the past around storage and the external block storage provisioning were solved by VVOLs. And so we now can really take that and, and bring the application delivery and so forth to the next level. So it, it, is, it is a middle piece, but an important piece moving forward. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that uh, just how old SCSI is. Um, you know, I have a, a, an old Mac SE sitting here and um, it had SCSI on the motherboard. Now, obviously SCSI changed a little bit since, you know, the early 90s, but uh, it's been around a long, long time. I think as a, even, even in storage, it's um, getting pretty old. Uh, but there's other questions here around NVMe too that uh, often come up. Uh, one of the things that I want to throw at you too is uh, some confusion around NVMe because as you mentioned, there are many ways to connect. You know, you've got Rocky, you've got the TCP options. Um, you know, what is the uh, state of the art with regard to that? And is that ready for prime time? And I guess I'll start with Jason on this one and I want to get everybody a chance to, to just talk about the connectivity issues here. So when we decided the way to connect, we picked probably the two most common, well, see, FC being common because that's where 90% of the connectivity is. So FC, you know, you think, you want to talk about old SCSI, right? FC still is going to stick around. We're just now enabling new functionality with it. So there's a lot of customers that already have FC. So that made a natural choice there. Then the other is, like Christopher said, there's customers that are starting to migrate towards converged. And so that made a natural decision of, okay, we know FC is the most common and we also see the progression towards converged. So we're going to use the Rocky V2 version. And so, and part of that came from also enabling RDMA functionality within the vSphere stack itself. And so that's where those two primary and initial releases came from. Now, some of the other ones, yes, those are being worked on to see if that's a viable option. TCP is one of them. Uh, but we picked the two that were either the most upcoming technology that a lot of people are moving or the one that most people have. And, and from a pure perspective, right? I like, and we today what we support is NVMware Fabrics with Rocky V2, so the Ethernet-based one. Um, we we've stated that we are adding fiber channel support later this year. Um, but the question we get is why not lead with fiber channel? There is more fiber channel out there. And it's just true, right? Even our customer base, there is more fiber channel. But we led with Rocky for two reasons. When we were talking about customers that were looking in, that were having performance problems related to their network, they were, when they were building these new environments, they were generally ethernet based because these ethernet backbones actually had way more concurrency available than a lot of the fiber channel networks at that time. And so that was one of the considerations that went into it. The other one was, like you said, around just hardening and, and, and use. When we added back-end um, expansion shelves with NVMe, that was NVMe Fabric Rocky V2. So that we've already had that code well before and using it well before we introduced it on the front end. And so it was, from our side, fairly robust and hardened at that point. So it made sense to leave with that on the front end. But of course, we're, we're, we're going down the fiber channel route too because of, you know, a lot of customers love and will continue to use FC. 
Well, and I've found that people who use FC continue to use FC and they like it and they use it and they, they trust it often more than they will a traditional network. But I, at least I, I find is the implementation and adoption. If, if you've read how this is actually used, how it's actually leveraged and implemented inside the environment, it's pretty straightforward. It doesn't leave a whole lot to the imagination. So that way, you know, those who set it up uh, in one environment or set it up in a hundred environments should get uh, roughly the same consistent results across the board. And when when you should you encounter a problem where you don't get a consistent result, it's pretty clearly defined of, oh, you didn't set your MTU right. But more often than not, everyone's kind of coming to the table with these expectations of, here's how I set this thing up from a Rocky V2 standpoint. Here's how I set this thing up from a uh, you know fiber channel standpoint, uh, where it's gonna it's gonna level set everyone to be able to be on the same path, the same direction. So we're not gonna have any of those challenges. And then it's just a matter of, oh, what adapter do I have in the, the, the device that I can take advantage of this? So that way we don't have some of the, uh, for those that we were talking about performance before, the reason we talk about performance and storage is because performance and storage has been a problem in the best, the best manufactured array and in the worst. We've always had one problem or another, often due to misconfiguration or another. And this helps to mitigate and remove some of those challenges to make customer life easier. Yeah, I think um, I'm in the same camp as Christopher. I think uh, most end users are comfortable with what they've been using. I think if they've been using Fiber Channel, they're going to continue to use Fiber Channel. So um, agreed. I think, you know, you know, wherever they see that they can make improvements, they will. But there's, uh, you know, switching, switching gears is sometimes tough for, for a lot that have been comfortable with a specific technology. So I think it's Fiber Channel for, for most of my, my user base. So when you asked in the beginning, is this ready for prime time? From that standpoint, I would say VMware has got it plumbed for both of them, and Pure is already has it in the pipeline to add that extra. So those two pieces together are going to really, you know, open the door for this from a prime time standpoint and adoption in most environments. Well, that's the uh, that's actually the <laughs> the next uh, point that I'd like to do is I'd like to put it to you uh, now that we've had this conversation. Um, is this ready for prime time? I think we just heard from Christopher that, uh, you know, he feels like uh, this is at least uh, technically speaking. Am I, I, I don't want to misquote you, Christopher. Do you want to uh, have any last words here? Uh, yeah, I'd say from a technical standpoint, yes, we're definitely, we're, we're crossing the threshold. Will it be more ready once it's got VVOL support integrated in and tied into little, all the little pieces and interoperable parts? Yes, certainly. But is it something that people are able to take advantage of today? Absolutely. Could, could I have uh, said yes to that, you know, three months ago? Maybe not nearly as much, but it's definitely, it's definitely reached that point where people can start using this in their, their environments. Ease yourself to production, probably start in your dev test, start in your critical workload that you want to see if this is actually performing well. I found that sometimes people will do that, like, hey, we're going to throw this uh, high-speed array over here. We're going to move the prediction workload over to it just as a test. And then all the users start complaining, why are my applications running so fast? This used to take a week. Now it takes an hour. You know, real examples I've seen in some cases. And in those cases, uh, there's a lot of positive things can happen. So this is definitely an area where we're going to be able to, uh, as practitioners, take advantage of this and provide a lot of value back to the organization, which you know, is going to affect our bottom line and, you know, incur less calls or complaints. 
Yeah, I think from uh, from a purely from a tech enthusiast and VMware evangelist, I think yeah, absolutely, this is ready for for prime time uh, as a customer advocate or end user avatar. Stephen said, I think um, let's let's take a step back. Let's look at uh, what what what's currently going on in the data center for you, and let's let's figure out how do we get there. Maybe it's VVols first, right? Um, even though, you know, as Christopher pointed out, it's since 2010 and you'll be user number 1 million, whatever, but um, let's, let's take a look and see if like, what's our natural progression to get to NVMe over fabric? What, how, how can we get there and how is it going to help you? I think that's, a, it's a better sell to points that are, that are, that are currently in their data center. And then how can we, how, how is this going to solve those problems and how do we get there as fast as possible and, um, you know, mostly on budget um, and um, just trying to make them feel as comfortable as possible. So, uh, yes, from a blogger's perspective, yes, it's absolutely ready for prime time. I think it's an amazing feature uh, from a customer advocate uh, perspective. I think we've got a little bit of work to do to, to, to make that sell. I think it's an easy dev test sell, like Christopher pointed out, but a little bit harder sell to go to production. Yeah, and I, I think from from a, a, a Rocky two, V2 perspective, right, we've had it for, for now for a couple of years, right? And I, I think an important part of the VMware side of this is that if you've, if you've followed the VMworlds and you've looked at the booths, right, if you look at the pure storage booth, we've had a demo of this for a couple of years. And it's not because, you know, we had it and then VMware hacked something together. And here it goes. This has been a co-engineering project for a couple of years around testing, around development, around shipping arrays to their labs, sending them us their software, that type of stuff, right? So we've put a lot of effort into this. And the other side of this, and, and it's it's kind of a, I don't know, a, a double, double two-edged sword or whatever, a double-edged sword or whatever, is that, yes, it's released. Does it have every feature that the SCSI stack does inside of, inside of ESX right now? No, because VMware is very careful. It's like, you know, let's focus on the hardening, get it to work, get the performance in, and then let's add all the additional options and features on top of that as we, as we move forward, right? And so if the use case you have right now is really focused around the performance in particular. Right? Maybe you're bare metal Linux and you want to move that, that workload to VMware, I think it is ready for you. If you're, if you're a customer that's leveraging those higher level features that, it may, that may not exist today, then no, maybe it isn't prime time quite yet for you. We're ready for you from a pure perspective when, when, when you're ready for us, right? And I think VMware is in that same place too. Yeah, that was, it's funny that you mentioned that. That's exactly what I was going to say. <clears throat> this isn't a, I want to move because it's the new thing, right? That's don't do, that's not really what you want to do, especially in an environment if you're not familiar with it, if you don't need it, right? It's if you need the performance, you're already you've done every tweak you can to try and get every ounce of performance out of your existing environment, and it's you still need more. Then this is an option, right? This is something you need to look at. If you're doing fine and you don't have bottlenecks and you're just clicking along fine, there's no reason to go and do this upgrade. Now, you definitely want to keep this in mind because this is where the technology and the industry is going. But it's not a go, go upgrade because it's the newest thing. Upgrade because you need it, not because you just think it's cool. Yeah, I would summarize as uh, the uh, old gray storage guy of the, of the group here. Uh, storage is a very conservative space. And, um, you know, I think nothing reflects that conservatism more than the longevity of SCSI and the longevity of Fiber Channel and the fact that we are still doing things the way that we've done them for so very long. I mean, if you think, uh, if you think of 
Just think of how crazy it is that NFS is considered high tech and modern in the VMware space. I mean, that's uh, truly remarkable. Uh, the time has come to do things a little bit differently. And, uh, you know, as a storage enthusiast, I've been uh, very much looking forward to uh, basically throwing out all that stuff, all that, you know, SCSI stuff and all that, uh, you know, NFS stuff and, and basically having a modern uh, storage interconnect. And, um, you know, the amount of, of time and effort and labor that's gone into building NVMe and building NVMe over fabrics uh, does make it seem like this is, uh, if not the direction that uh, you should do head right now, at the very least, the direction that you should plan on, because this, uh, frankly, is the future. And, um, you know, thanks to vSphere 7, uh, you know, at least we have a platform to make it really, uh, make it a reality. Uh, vSphere 7 and, uh, you know, vVols, and then the uh, support from the vendor, uh, array vendor community. So if you enjoyed this uh, discussion, uh, please do tune in again for the next episode of the Gestalt IT Roundtable podcast, but especially in four weeks when we will be joined again uh, with Pure and VMware, and we're going to be talking about VCF. So thanks for listening to the IT Roundtable podcast. If you enjoyed this discussion, remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes, since that really helps our visibility. And please share this episode and this whole podcast with your friends. This podcast is brought to you by GestaltIT.com, your home for IT coverage across the enterprise. For show notes and more, go to GestaltIT.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.